Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome, everyone, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. Rebecca, we have recovered, I feel, from TPF. I'm still tired. I don't know what you're talking about. I went to California <laughs> for a week. That's true. You went on, like, another, like, thing. You had to go do a family thing, and you're out in yes. California. And I'm like, and you went out, like, and hung out with Carl D'Angelo. It was like, she had, like, another pinball vacation without me. I felt very, like, sad, but excited for you, but sad for me. I mean... We did kick his son out of his bedroom because Jordan and I slept on his kid's trundle bed. And uh, we did not realize that we were kicking him out of his bedroom on his birthday. On his birthday? Wow. Yeah. I need to mail him a box to thank him. But he loved the stickers, by the way. I gave Carl a bunch of stickers. And Carl is wonderful. He made me like Pirates of the Caribbean. And I will never forgive him for that. Oh, Gross. No. No, you think that. You think. <laughs> no, I know. I know it's like twenty, thirty thousand dollars or maybe like $50,000. But the problem is, is that they got to be tuned right. And I got to play at Pirates of the Caribbean, JJP. Pirates of the Caribbean. Listeners, I'm making like the gross food You're face. making a gross face. Yeah, I'm just no, like, mm, No, you mm, just have to crank mm. your flipper power all the way up, put in flipper fans, and then just go to town. And it, I can hit shots, and I learned this, how to play this, it, and this. now I like it, and now I'll never buy one because I can never afford it. But Yeah, I only need the one kidney to live, so, you know, it'll be fine. Honestly, it's more expensive than a kidney. You're looking at like half a liver, both your kidneys, and then probably still taking out a second mortgage. Oh, God. Well, I'm glad you're back. And uh, we're back here on the show. And I am super excited about our guest today. And I have to thank Rebecca. Rebecca did all the back end work to, to make this happen because our schedules were crazy. And we had to move stuff around. But we were like, we have to have these ladies on the show. One of them is a repeat guest, but we are so excited to have them on. From Chandler, Arizona, the owner, operators and creators of Outpost Codelia, please help me welcome Katie and Olivia Helm. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies, thank you so much for being here on the show. Olivia, welcome back. Um, You were featured on the Women's Advisory Board when we had um, all of you on, and we were chatting about all things IFPA, uh, women's advisory and all that good stuff. Katie, I'm so excited to actually meet you because um, I've heard so much yeah. about you and all the magic that you guys do together. For our listeners who who don't know you and don't know the magic that is Olivia and Katie, and we'll start with you, Olivia. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about your pinball origin story, kind of where you started at and where you're at today. So this is this first part of it's going to be kind of the same for Katie and I. And, you know, we've been we've been yeah. collecting and refurbishing arcade games for a few years and decided our home arcade really wasn't arcade like enough because it didn't have any pinball noises. So um, and, and we had been a little concerned about getting into pinball because they're like, ah, there's so much stuff under the play field. It's so complicated. Yeah, it was super intimidating. <laughs> and it took us a while. But we find we had a friend who had a Flash Gordon for fifteen hundred dollars that wasn't working. We brought it home. It was working before we went to bed. And uh, now I think we have 27 pins in the house. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow. Shortly yeah. after that, we started going to tournaments. And you know, I ended up at the Women's World Championship just before the COVID shut down and just kept getting more and more involved. And uh, then we started making mods we started customizing things and you know we'll, i'll let katie talk a little more about that but it was just you know one of those things uh, the the feet got wet and uh now every day we're almost drowning but we love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for me 
like she said, the first part of the story is the same. We kind of got into it together. You know, we'd both played him as kids, but it was minimal. Yeah. Not like an obsession, you know. But yeah, once we had started getting into it together, our paths diverged a little bit. So, you know, she mentioned getting into the tournaments and whatnot. I went a very different direction. Uh, you know, I don't rank well on the uh, the oh. leaderboards, but uh, you know, I've, I've I've found my way to be okay with that, and that's to get underneath them. So I'm I'm more the mechanic side of things. I like getting in there, getting my hands dirty, tearing them apart, making them work better than people thought they could work. And you know, I remember when you know, Deadpool launched the one that they had gotten at the local arcade. The scoop shot just wouldn't register. The ball would sit there and sit there. Ah. And uh, they had tried all night because it was a launch party to try to get that working before the big final games. And I just, after looking at it for a minute, I'm like, all right, I need a zip tie. I fully MacGyvered it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with a zip tie and a pair of pliers, I got that switch working. And But yeah, that's me. I'm. Everybody knows if, if you see me at a tournament, I'm probably under one of the, the play fields rather than on the flippers. Oh, and, and and don't sell yourself short that, you know, Starfighters Pinball Festival had its first uh, event this year, and it was a 100-person tournament, one of the early certified IFPA tournaments. I think Bowen Kearns won uh, here. We, uh, and uh, Katie was, uh, I don't think Katie sat down for three days. She oh, was wow. fixed. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I don't know if you've been to, you know, a lot of these shows, right? A lot of times, oh, there's some games that are broken. I got to get those fixed. Yeah. You didn't see a lot of that because as soon as someone saw it, Katie was getting it fixed. Uh, caught with uh, some of the, you know, like yeah, Firebird Pinball team, was there. Yeah. Part of a big team. But Kate, I don't think Katie sat down for three days. But uh, And, and I th- that room was staticky. We had games going down because of uh, the static shots that people were putting on the coin door. So Katie oh, had, including no. Dukes of Hazard, but we did field repairs and, and got things properly grounded at the show and uh, f- fixed a couple other games as well. Mostly Katie again. So No, we need people like Katie, like as, as players, like, you know, we need our machines to work and, and thank the universe for Katie, you know, and, and everybody <laughs> that can get under there and start fixing. I'm like, it's broken. Why is it broken? Goodness knows, like learning the rules of a pinball machine is hard, but learning how to read a schematic, like (laughs) I can read all of the pages to how to play AIQ and kind of kind of know what I'm doing, but have all the poor execution skills. But I learned how to adjust a switch for the first time, you guys, and um, didn't set anything on fire. But I have electrocuted Jordan once, so (laughs) could it like... Being a tech is amazing, and knowing how a pinball machine works is a whole different, amazing, acquired skill set that should not be taken lightly. Like, honestly, we need more techs and less competitive players. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, we before we were doing the pinball stuff, we were doing lots of monitor repair. In fact, we actually did some monitor repairs for arcade games to get one of the to first machines pinball, restored. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, at this point, I'd rather rebuild flippers than you know fix a crt i i'm just tired of monitors and there are thirty thousand volts that are stored in the crt i mean it's <laughs> yeah i probably took three or four uh you know 60 volt shocks just yesterday alone and that's fine you know but those monitors are scary Ooh, yeah no but i'm just so excited to hear about y'all's journey and you know rebecca and i keep on talking about like we want to like do a homebrew and like and you guys are totally dialed into that. And we saw the amazing Dukes of Hazard, which we will talk about here shortly. But we're going to jump into pinball news. Um, as I said, there's a bit of a vacuum <laughs> um, after TPF. Not a ton going on, with the exception of the huge uh, Great Lakes Pinball Open that is going on up in Wisconsin, District 82. Again, there were five tournaments. You know, the main event had over 131 players. 
there's this kind of idea that it's kind of like a, a Whopper farm a bit. But I mean, if they're having a great time and they're able to put on these events and people enjoy them, go have a good time. I think it's great. Uh, Fox City uh, Pinball was streaming it. Um, but five tournaments over three days. I mean, that's a whole lot of pinball. Yes. One day we'll go. One day. I would love to go. Rachel keeps on like trying to get us to go up there. And we had Rachel on the show uh, several episodes ago, Ladies Flip Wisconsin. And she's like, you should come. And I'm like, I've never been to Wisconsin. I would love to go to Wisconsin. She tries to bribe us with cheese curds. I am totally down for a trip to Wisconsin. I mean, we got we got Boston coming up. So I'm like, might have to wait on Wisconsin. But I mean, technically, I'm going to Wisconsin. I'm going to MGC. You um, could. I got, see, like, my problem. So here's what happened. It was there are two ter- there are two events. There is ZapCon, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then there are there is MGC. And they both happen on my birthday weekend. And so I, I know. I literally had to choose between two different amazing pinball events to go to for my birthday. And I ended up going with MGC because literally I was, like, threatened, like, you must go to MGC. I mean, I wasn't actually threatened, but, like... A lighthearted threatening? There was a large <laughs> movement of people of people blowing up my DMs going, like, you have to go to MGC, you have to go to MGC, and I'm like, fine, I'll go to MGC. Also, we can bundle another little baby trip into Chicago. So we'll be getting to do that for my birthday, and I'm excited for MGC. We're going to possibly run a Pogs tournament, which is unrelated to pinball. And uh, Rachel is running the, uh, yeah, 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 I know, I know, Pogs. I'm, I'm not, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, nostalgia is important. Is It is important. I mean, just Pogs have just taken off in like a weird offshoot that I, I did not expect. Still haven't played Pogs before. Still like don't understand like what the heck's going on. I just saw y'all. I felt like I was like in a back alley watching y'all play dice. I'm just like, what is this? Well, Lauren, you guys were playing pinball and we were drunk on the floor yeah. playing Pogs at two o'clock in the morning at TPF. So I'm sure we will bring it to every expo that we go to. And you bet we're going to be bringing it to Fantastic. which there's your pinball news, Lauren. There's your pinball news. I forgot. Uh, Roger Sharp was on Marco TV. There is your news. And Roger Sharp is going to Fantastic. And so Lauren is going to spend the next couple of months trying to, like, develop some chill so she doesn't run up to Roger Sharp and just be a total goober. This is my journey, uh, listeners. I'm going to try not I'm going to try to be cool. All of you know that I will be so not cool, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try real hard. But then my dream will come true because he's the person I want to play pinball with the most. And like he's going to, you know, totally decimate me. But I will cry tears of joy as we do it. It'll be great. And I'm going to try not to be a weirdo, but it's just not going to work. It's okay. It's okay. I'm very excited about it. I'm so like Rebecca told me the other day and I'm like, no, it's like I was so amazed. I was so I, I can't even there are no words. I mean, did I tell you in I think let me see what I sent you because I think it was I thought it was really funny because I think I said Roger Sharp is on Marker TV. This is not a drill. Then a screenshot. And then also Roger Sharp is going to Pentastic. And then you sent me a bunch of really excited gifts. Yeah, the gif of like the kid eating the cotton candy and she gets super excited and like intense. Yes. So I was like, that that is literally like how I felt when I found out that news. So yes. but more to come on that, and I will work on my chill. It's not it's it's a journey. Um some other quick news, um, and I've got some funny news here in a minute, listeners. Um you listeners are awesome, by the way. Um, we've got the Barry Ausler tournament coming up here in San Antonio. I'll kind of do a local plug here in about two weeks. Um, if you're going to be in the San Antonio area um, late April, it's going to be April 24th, uh, Sunday afternoon. If you can come and play in the tournament, we would love to have you. We're going to be selling plates of food, and you can just come and hang out, or you can come and play in the tournament. If you can't, um, you can just make a donation 
to, um, and that's going to be going to Barry Ausler's uh, family. Also, there is still the GoFundMe that's out there um, if you guys uh, you can. And then also, um, there's going to be some cool stuff going on through Project Pinball. I'm not at liberty to say because it's not official official, but there's some cool stuff. Um, so we'll have more to talk about with that. Um, but if you can, we'll put links in the show notes. I know it's hard. It's tax season. There's like everybody's got stuff. Um, but if you can spare a few dollars, I know that uh, Barry's family would really appreciate it. And and I know we would appreciate it to the San Antonio community as well. Two things. Uh, one, I have to say thank you to my girl Valerie for sending me my Bitches Be Flippin' t-shirt from the uh, Bitches Be Flippin' League in St. Louis. It's awesome. It says box on the back. Um, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> For listeners, remember, the play field looks like a uterus. It's the best. It's the best thing I've ever seen. And I want to wear it everywhere. <laughs> but I wanted to say thank you for Valor- to Valerie because I got my shirt. And most importantly, I have been inundated with emails and DMs from you people. I, <laughs> uh, you know where I'm going with this. And, yes, and, I do. Okay, wait, before I ask, Olivia and Katie, this is a question for you. Your email inbox, do you strive for a clear or like a, you know, empty email box by the end of the day? Or are you one of the the people, the, the numbers of people that have like several thousand, you know, emails that are sitting in your inbox with like the little notification that says like 20,000? So I've got two of those numbers right now. Inbox is 8,285. <laughs> and then there's a category called updates. And I think this is mostly like vendor updates. It's That's 6,956. Thing is, I read a lot of emails by looking at the title. And that's all I need to know. So it just never gets marked red. And and I get so much junk email that if I look at that number, I, 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 I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah, so my my personal inbox is about the same. My work inbox is usually all red. Uh, I can't handle that at work, but at home, like she said, I I gave up the fight years ago, keeping up with all the spam and advertising and whatever. And uh, you know, I it's always every day. It's I'll, I'll I'll mark those red and delete them later, and then I never do. And next thing I know, it's a thousand, and then five thousand, and yeah, so. And then 21,800. Right, right, yeah. I have a few thousand in work inboxes. For, I have too many work inboxes, and they're on too many lists. So I'm, I'm just not clicking all those. I'm not alone, Lauren. <laughs> I thought that there were more people like me that I, like, strive every day to, like, have an empty inbox. Like, I like I have to file. That's just who I am. I'm with you in spirit. But the, I, so we had like this was like two episodes ago. I think it was the episode we had with Taylor and we were talking about this. And then I'm like, find out that Rebecca is, you know, in y'all's camp. And I'm like, I can't I can't do this. And, and then I share an email box with her. Lauren deletes everything and organizes it. Thank I delete God. everything. I'm like, it goes in a folder. I'm like, if, if I need to keep this, it goes in a folder. If I don't need it, it gets deleted. Done. But <laughs> Rebecca didn't even know we had folders. <laughs> I did not. I was like, Lauren deletes everything. How am I going to find anything? It's gone. I can't find folders. it. It's in folders. It's in folders. <laughs> so um, I, I have to go through this list real quick. It's not It's not long. So we had Dr. Dude uh, write us, and he has uh, 7,003 uh, 7, emails. Um, we then had uh, Glenn love Glenn, uh, with 11,917 emails. <laughs> Colin McAlpine, which I was not expecting this. Colin McAlpine came in with 19,456. And then we got into some big numbers. Preston Moncla from, you know, uh, Pinball Mafia, 107,423 emails. 
Clark Fraley, Clark, this hurt me. Like, I was like, no, Clark, no, not you too. 129,184 email notifications. But the the person that had the biggest number was actually the most surprising person. And it's somebody I know very well, the person that keeps me organized, because I I help run Bell San Antonio. I do this. I do a lot of things. I would never consider myself super organized, but I try really hard. But the person, like I would consider my chief of staff, like the person that makes sure that I do everything, has an inbox of 204,913 email notifications. And that's going to go to Christina Cheeseman. She won. I was like, when she showed me that, she took a picture of it, gave it some side eye. And I'm like, I am horrified. I was like, you're a monster. What is this? And she's like, no. She's like, Lauren, do I ever miss an email from you? I'm like, no. But why does it look so horrible? I was like, no, why? (laughs) She's like, no. She's like, I have it all sorted. There are rules, like things I need to see go in certain folders. She's like, I'm not checking all these emails. I was like, I don't understand why people just don't commit email bankruptcy. I was like, just just delete it all. It's going to be okay. Just do it. And she's like, no. She's like, this works for me. And I'm like, I can't look at it. It, it sounds heroic to me. I'm, I'm in awe. <laughs> she's going to love that. <laughs> I know. She's, she's amazing at this point. I want to see how high the number can go. <laughs> like at this point, how long, how long until you roll the digits on your phone alerts? That's what I want to know. Yeah, does the alert just finally say, like, tilt? Do you tilt the alerts? Like, can you do can that? Can you tilt your phone? Can you tilt your phone? I f- oh, wow. Like, that actually almost is a challenge at this point. Christina will do it. Yeah, she'll totally she'll do, do it. it. So, she'll totally yeah. do it. But, uh, but listeners, thank you very much for making this into a thing that was not a thing. But um, I just want you to know that I that these numbers haunt my dreams. So thank you very much. Lauren is not okay. But I, I feel am so great. not okay. Yeah. I'm not the worst. Awesome. <laughs> You're not the worst. You're not the worst. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I feel validated. And also that I'm not the worst. And I'm like, look, I can totally get away with having 100,000 emails. And it's fine. Totally fine. So um, thank you, you guys, for enabling me. I appreciate it. And that's what we're here for. We're we're helping you enable, you know, Rebecca and all that good stuff. So, you know, if you want to feel good about yourself, you know, this is the place to be. Uh, Okay, we're moving on out of pinball news and like the ridiculousness that is the the email inbox saga. Olivia and Katie. So a couple months ago, we saw your amazing debut stream of Dukes of Hazzard. Uh, which was oh. an amazing homebrew. Uh, Rebecca was like, have you seen this? Are you looking at this? I was like, oh, I'm looking at it. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you guys get involved with with doing that particular homebrew? Because, I mean, I don't necessarily jump into a hazard <laughs> immediately. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, I remember it from when I was a kid, um, but it was like, but it looks amazing. So tell, just kind of tell us a little bit about that. So to, to answer that, we probably have to step back a few years to our first custom pin we did, which was based on the Black Hole, the Disney's movie from 1977. Nice. And uh, that was just a, we'd done, I think we'd restored one pin by that point. And we just kind of were like, let's try it, you know, and it came out pretty good. We had it at ZapCon. We won a best in show. Um, but one of our friends... Jake Danzig of Pinball Investments, I guess it really stuck with him. And he'd been wanting to do a Dukes of Hazard custom pin for a very long time. Um, he's one of those, you know, off the charts fans super of the fan. show. Yeah, super fan. And he kind of had a plan already in mind to get uh, Classic Playfield Reproductions to do the art package and the Playfield work for him, uh, but approached us to build it, code it, and, and make it a reality. So it, we, we took it on as our first contract uh, to do custom retheme for somebody. 
So it's not our game. It's not our theme. We would have never picked Dukes of Hazard, you know, for the same reasons. Yeah, we remembered it, but it was just a show when we were a kid, and that was kind of, you know, all it meant to us. But we figured it was a good idea, a good opportunity to try broadening what we're doing into something that's maybe a little more commercial flavored, something that we could maybe grow uh, into something bigger. Um, and this felt like a good, safe opportunity to jump into that. It's such a neat game because so it it's a par it it looks it's a paragon playfield right mm-hmm. that you guys rethemed into and I mean so CPR handled the art but you guys did all the there's it, the rules changed right mm-hmm. and then the sound oh the sound <laughs> oh literally I listened to the whole stream at some point I like walked away and did the dishes or something but. The work that you guys did on coding the sound package is phenomenal. But what steps do you have to take when you're looking at recoding and rewiring and changing basically everything underneath the playfield and the code? What does that look like? So we had to first really sell the idea to Jake. His yeah. initial vision <laughs> was more of a kind of a paragon that had Dukes of Hazard artwork and maybe a couple little extra things here and there. But we, you know, from our experience at Black Hole, we were like, uh, Katie's got the know-how to add a lot of new functionality to the hardware. And I can give you a rule set that introduces risk reward based decision making to a 1979 playfield because I've done that before <laughs> and I can do it again and keep it accessible yet, you know, keep you thinking while you're playing it more so than, you know, it's not like that that doesn't really exist, not like that doesn't exist in the older solid states, but you know, there's definitely new levels of it in the modern game. So that's kind of one of the things I find really fun is crafting a rule set that brings some of those modern elements, but fits in the older style of playfields. Yeah, with with both Hazard and Black Hole, I think the the real key to breaking free from the original rule set was, for both of them, a simple hardware change. For the Black Hole, we took out, it was from a Williams Phoenix, it has that little ramp to a standing target on the left. We took that out and put in a scoop at the end of that instead, so we could actually catch the ball, start a mode, and integrate mode and wizard level complexity into the game. Uh, With Dukes of Hazard, the big first move that really changed what we could do with that game was we, and I had to make sure Jake wasn't looking when I did this, cut a hole in the bottom of the playfield and put in a multi-ball trough, which unlocked the idea of using the saucers in interesting ways to start lock balls or start multi-balls. But, you know, again, this is... This is the yin and yang of Olivia and I. Uh, you know, she plays the games. I get under the hood and work on them. But so I can figure out, oh, well, we can make the hardware do this and I can get you a piece that'll let you do this. And what would that open up for you? And then she can take that and just run with it in terms of rules and game complexity and whatever. And, you know, so once so, we have that multi ball trough, she was free to do what she does. So why don't you talk about that? And what we did was uh, we've got three multi-balls. They can be stacked. There's no lock stealing between players, and there's no way for the balls to get stuck and get it confused as far as where they are. So we did have to odd- add an auto-launcher, too. That was the key. Otherwise, we could probably only do the sort of Gottlieb-style two-ball multi-ball. You lock one, you launch one, now you got two. But with that auto-launcher, it opened up a couple new things. We've got two different two ball multi balls 
at the uh, upper saucers, at the, the the Paragon saucer and the I think the creek. No, that's ours. In Dukes of Hazard, it's Golden Cliffs. So in Golden Dukes of Hazard, yeah. it's the creek in Hazard. So we've got two ball multi balls there, and a real interesting three ball multi ball sequence that I really liked crafting. And that is, um, you know, in Paragon, you've got those inline drop targets to build your bonus. And then your 5x is that saucer at the back. Well, in Dukes of Hazard, that's all the same. But once you hit that saucer in the back, I'm keeping the ball there, and I'm putting another ball on the play field, and I'm turning on Katie's real cool police sirens at the pot bumpers, which she can <laughs> talk about next. And uh, you're in a chase mode where you have to build up a certain number of switch hits to get the car up to a certain speed to, to escape the police. And then you lock a ball in one of the other two saucers, and then it gives you that first ball back puts a third ball in play and now you're in a wizard mode where you've got to collect all the characters at different spots of the play field and, and end it again at that saucer behind the inline drop targets and if you fail to complete that chase sequence you just get the ball back you're back in single ball play so we don't ever leave locks between players we don't have a situation where balls could be stuck and left in scoops so those were the kind of things we had to think about too if we're going to put multi-ball in a play field not designed for it we've got to make sure we're not creating ball traps we got to make sure we're not creating weird rule situations for multiplayer and and that sort of thing and you know it took a couple iterations to come up with a set of objectives that made sense but because i'm you know i'm kind of a big rules nerd i've got lots of stuff to draw from and i and i you know i played a lot of video games as a kid so i was a big rules nerd then too even before i was into pinball it was always my obsession was learning how the systems work love to know behind the hood of what they were thinking. So it's just kind of made it easy to design those rules and to step up to a new game and understand the rules because I have a pretty good idea of what rules designers are thinking of. So I'm usually not far off if I take a guess. Like, what would I do with this thing? I mean, it's usually pretty similar. But uh, so we had those hardware elements really helped us out. Um, we had a. You should talk about the inline drop targets because I think we've got something mm. on that that I don't think any other inline drop targets have. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I totally was underthinking all the stuff we did. It's been a while, and <laughs> it's like having a kid. You kind of forget some of the trauma later, you know, and <laughs> you just enjoy the result. It's that sweet, sweet oxytocin of creating yeah, a pinball yeah. machine. So we wanted to make the inline drop targets more accessible because we have a whole bunch of game that happens after you get those drop targets down and with a normal paragon you get three of them down you drain your ball you're starting over you know and it's it's still a paragon so it's still hard and you're still going to drain your ball a lot despite ball saves and everything else that we added so we wanted to make it so that those drop targets had memory so if you had three down when you came back for your next ball it would knock those three down again and let you pick up where you left off now, the, it's it's the same original mech that was there, but what we actually ended up doing was designing and 3D printing uh, a frame around it that would allow us to attach knockdown coils what? in just the right spot to, uh, you know, knock down the additional coils when we wanted to. Um, and there, it, we ended up using it for more than just the memory. You know, we use it to kind of gate getting in and out of that saucer and some of the multi-ball modes and whatever. So that ended up being a really cool feature. But yeah, as far as we know... It's the only inline drop target bank like that that has memory. So that was right. kind of a cool add. Yeah, I mean, memory drop targets are definitely out there, but I haven't seen inline memory targets. Right. right. Mm. That's really neat. I love that. I like it. I like it. 
So the other types that, you know, there's, when you're retheming a machine, and there's different approaches you can take. I mean, it's certainly an approach some people will take where you, you buy some artwork, you buy a new playfield, you do a playfield swap, you put a new glass, and it's the exact same game, and it looks like it looks like a new game, but it's still the same. It's got the old sound. It's got the old rules and that kind of thing. So we've always, you know, both of ours, we, we did take that a step further in that we essentially stripped the playfields bare and removed pretty much all of the wiring and created our own switch wiring, our own lighting wiring, our own coil wiring. And the the main reason for that, we probably in some cases could reuse the the switch and coil wiring, but we wanted it to be all new in all of our colors. But but the light wiring, what that lets us do is we use controlled RGB lights all over the playfield, including for the general illumination. So we can do modern full-on light shows like any of the newer games and you know especially you know think of like our, our, one of our inspirations for getting into all this was seeing the work that uh, scott denisi did on, on, on tna, TNA. and TNA. some of those others Woo-hoo. so that was one of the ones where you know we are gonna we, we we don't have his musical talent but we can make some good light shows uh, <laughs> and uh, and make a flat play field interesting yeah so that that was that was another kind of inspiration for that so you know we we do we you know we build our own wiring harness we also built for for Dukes of Hazard. We learned how to make circuit boards. Yeah, you want to talk oh, a little wow. about that, Katie? Yeah, we we uh, you made your own circuit. Dang, girl! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> we worked with a another custom engineer that works on some of these just over some chat for an afternoon, asking him what kind of what tools he used and how he did it, and you know that was just enough to get us you know YouTubing the right videos and and whatnot and. We, by the end of the day, had kind of designed our first little rudimentary circuit board that uh, could do some basic RGB lighting, like you see on a modern Stern game with that plate of lights underneath the play field uh, instead of the old-fashioned lots of individual discrete bulbs under there. The idea being it, it would dramatically cut down the amount of wiring. Every RGB light that you want to run light to needs any, depending on the kind of lights you use, needs anywhere from three to five wires running all the way to the back box, which is a lot. And by doing it this way, we were able to run little serial data chains, just one chain of three wires to that board that would just kind of hop board to board, and that could control all the lights on it. So our wiring went way down by doing it. Uh, It also gave the game a way more professional look underneath when you lift it up. You know, it looks like a modern game. And But yeah, I mean, by, by the end of the project, I think we had, what was it? Probably eleven different boards that we yeah. had designed. Oh, so wow. all the controlled lighting is on is on boards. So like yeah, you look underneath, it looks like a modern, like the modern Sterns, where you you know you old you know look at games from the '90s and there's all these little sockets and every single light's got a socket and it you know it's wires everywhere. Yeah. We got a really clean look underneath. And the coolest part of that, I think, that came out of it was once we realized we could do that, and we knew Jake wanted this idea of that multi-ball being chase related well it wouldn't be dukes of hazard if there wasn't a chase scene yeah yeah right so you know it was just like this flash of lightning after we had started working on a little bit where i was like oh my god oh my god i can make a little light board that goes inside the pop bumpers that has controllable lights rather than just static one color kind of setup like most pop bumpers have and that's where the idea for the sirens came from so we actually we put clear tops on the pop bumpers uh, and they're normally just showing orange light and they look like nice little orange pop bumpers. But the minute that chase starts, 
the third one turns off and the two start spinning red and blue. And it's just this fantastic light show that people just don't expect to see. Because, again, as far as we know, no one's ever made a pop bumper do that before. So that was a really fun touch that probably, you know, I like... All the way back to high school, I did, you know, tech theater, building sets and all that kind of stuff. I love putting on a show for people with this stuff. And that's what it was. When I saw the stream from Electric Bat, you know, when you guys were debuting the machine, I was just like, this is amazing. I'd never, there were things I'd never seen. And I was like, I can't believe this is a homebrew. I mean, you built a, you know, I think there's that, like the idea you said earlier where it's a, oh, we just like, you know, put a new play field and slapped everything back on and it's the same game. I was like, no, you guys built a custom game like it's not par- it's not paragon anymore it is dukes of hazard so i mean kudos to both of you that's a, i mean that's yeah, an amazing you. feat you know so you've done this and now like everybody's like you know you kind of like yes we can do all these amazing things so what's next for y'all what do you, you what do you is there a, a theme that you guys are working on personally um that y'all are like trying to kind of bring to fruition or do you have some more clients that you'd be able to share with us and like tell us a, like because part of me is like maybe I could have them build my Hello Kitty machine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we've we've got we've got a couple of things in our own personal queue. Uh, We've got one person, kind of like your Hello Kitty machine suggestion, that's (gasps) begging us to work with them on a theme um, that may happen at some point. Uh, But I think if I had to say the next thing we're probably going to do is we've got we want to take another step closer towards full custom rather than rethemes, but it's still going to be a retheme. Uh, but we're going to take a Raven, you know, everyone's <gasps> favorite game. And we're going to turn that into a personal for me. Uh, the Eagles was one of my favorite bands what? ever. Oh, nice. So we're going to do our first rock theme pin based on the Eagles with that. But we're going to do a much deeper makeover than just, you know, retheming the game, even to the level that we've done before, you know, we're going to take that awful center ramp split thing and completely rework that we're going to try to break into the world of wire forms and diverter mechs, you know, and adding all that kind of stuff so that it's going to be a big step for us into uh, some next level things, uh, possibly, you know, vacuum forming uh, plastic ramps and things like that. At what point do you just say screw it and you end up getting a plasma cutter for the garage (laughs) like i don't know what tools you have to play with i see 3d printers in the back going i know that you guys do a lot of you know you guys do some other 3d printing work for pinball but Mm -hmm. so what goodies do you have like and this i'm just curious what what does your toy chest look like the 3d printers are the big one we've got you know table saws and all your, you know, kind of standard stuff out there in the garage. But I think our next big new thing is probably going to be we're looking at getting a CNC machine so that we can start (gasps) cutting our own play fields. That's going to be a game changer for us. And, uh, you know, right behind that, you know, I've got to learn to weld so that we can start doing these wire forms. And then maybe, you know, a, a vacuum former after that. So I don't know. We, we, we have more of a wish list than a toy box yeah. right now. We've oh, been man. very much limping along with the more, you know, traditional stuff in the garage, aside from the 3D printing. That's kind of been our breakthrough. But we, you know, with some of the 3D printing work that's going on now, we're hoping can sort of help us move in that direction. So, yeah. you know, we, uh, we got in on um, Stern's Rush LE 
We had a nice friend who helped us uh, contact a distributor and kind of get in on that. And we've had a launch party here at the house and not an official launch party, but we, we did a party with a borrowed Godzilla LE and an Ultraman. Uh, we do pinball uh, tournaments at the house twice a year. We've got like uh, 27 machines. So we, we'll get 60 people over for the tournaments and uh, we'll have a Bells tournament wow. in the afternoon with uh, usually 20 to 30 participants. And then we'll have a three strike knockout after that. And we get a, a bartender from our friend's bar and uh, she does really well and wants to always be our bartender because uh, <laughs> the players tip, the players tip good. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's a that's a great time. So oh my god, that sounds awesome! I love it. It it is fun. And if you you know if you're in Arizona in September, you're welcome to come. The role is anyone who knows about it's invited. So um, I don't <laughs> have to say anything. this on a podcast. But so. I, I have, but <laughs> yeah, you, you do have to be in Arizona though, so I'm yeah, not too I, worried. But uh, yeah, you do have to reach out to us, and and we give you the deets. So that's how that works. But so with Rush. You know, it, it, it's a really fun game. Uh, I, I definitely pretty excited about it, but there were some early issues with it, right? I mean, going on location, that front scoop would start to, the the metal around it would bend and deform. Sometimes the day it went went on location, you know, twenty thirty plays, it would start trapping the ball or not be able to eject the ball. And you know, so we were working with a friend of ours, runs a small company called Ninja Camp, and he had made some. TPU, which is a, t- a 3D printing material, it's like a almost like rubber. Same stuff that the most cell phone cases are made out of. Yeah, so okay. it, it, it's flexible, but it's tough. And he had made some protectors for Rick and Morty's garage um, shot. You know, that sort of big hole that's in the the back upper left to keep. You know, if the ball drags on that wood, you know, eventually over time it'll break it. So he made a little loop for that. But he had an idea that this uh, scoop problem with Rush could be fixed with TPU as well. So Katie designed a, a great solution for that, and uh, we sort of started offering it to people and. And, and uh, our printers haven't up. stopped running. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's so great. So we just added a few more offerings this week, including our favorites, the uh, the DBV. You want to talk about the DBV, Katie? <laughs> yeah. So the other one that people were seeing a lot of damage were was the uh, VUC in the back of the premium and LEs. We're starting to show wear and tear really early. And so we decided to take that on as our next fix. And it's... One of those things you've got to see it to really understand. But the way the shape of the thing came out, it's got this big, almost like a old-fashioned shoehorn. It's got a big bill on it. And Mark, our partner at Ninja Camp, kind of started calling it the the Vuckapus. And uh, so so that kind of became the name. So it's the duck-billed Vuckapus. And... Uh, you know, that was it's a goofy part, but it works really well and, and we kinda also fixed some of the rejections that are coming out of there. So we put that part out and a couple other little parts to fix the the loop shot that doesn't register all the time and whatnot. And you know, you guys could hire yourselves out as like pen testers to stir and I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing yeah, it out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that they know where to find us. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm just saying <laughs> there you, go. you know, for those of you who listen. So where can people find all of your cool fixes? Like, do you have an online store? Do you do Pinside? Like, yeah, it's on Pinside. If you look for the Ninja Camp store, Mark really already had all that stuff going, so we kind of partnered with him, and it's it's primarily under that Ninja Camp name. But if you dig into the posts, you'll see it's a Ninja Camp and Outpost Cadelia collaboration. But um, 
uh, but you know he had that established from the the Rick and Morty stuff, and and he runs a tournament we go to, and and uh, you know we've worked on a lot of these ideas together, and uh, so he's been a great partner to have in that. Yeah, and it's kind of turned into this just waterfall of ideas. Oh, we could do that next, and oh, we could do that next, and so yeah, this whole 3D printing thing may turn into the vehicle that funds the tools we want to start doing more of the custom yeah. pen work too. So I like this idea. Very, very synergetic. No, I love it. I love it. Well, we'll put all of those links in the show notes and, you know, Olivia, Katie, oh, Katie, before, before we kind of mm-hmm. break into our next segment, favorite Eagle song, favorite Eagle song. Well, someone's going to slap me, but I got to go with uh, hotel California. It's just, it's amazing. Same, same. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Yes. It's overplayed. Yes. Like yes. it's everywhere, but there's a reason it's everywhere because it's like yeah. one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. Oh, and the acoustic, ver- the more acoustic version they did later was just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. The one uh, Hell Freezes Over album. Yep. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, yep. no, I- I'm an Eagles fan. We could talk about that offline. But but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's probably a shorter list to talk about Eagles songs I don't like very much. But, you know, <laughs> I, I grew up listening to it. My dad was a huge fan and, and it just stuck. No, I love it. I have one little thing we forgot to mention about Dukes of Hazard. I want to make sure we get in there, and that is oh, that sure. the coding was all done with, uh, just like our first uh, machine, the Black Hole, was all done with the Mission Pinball Framework. Oh, nice. Um, which is very accessible. You can, you know, I, I had the Paragon rules coded in a day, and that's kind of the basis of Dukes of Hazard. We added a lot of things to the Paragon rules. Now, of course, it took me longer to do all the multi-balls and stuff, but it, it's very accessible. It's um, mostly configuration-based, and some of the oddball stuff you do, we wrote little Python scripts, and, you know, it's, it integrates with that really well. We learned Python to do this with Black Hole. So, um, you know, lots of tutorials and stuff, and a very good support community. So, you know, definitely something we'd recommend for anyone on there getting started with this stuff. Yeah, and if and if you're gonna throw that out, we should probably throw out Cobra Pen too. Yep. They made this fantastic control board uh, that really simplifies a lot of the backbox hardware and wiring, and made it super easy to retheme a game. And we're using the same same software and hardware setup on on the Eagles, and probably several more beyond that. And it's a very cost effective solution. Yeah, really affordable and works great. I love it. And, you know, we are just so excited about, you know, seeing women in the homebrew community making pins and doing all the magic. And you guys are really doing it from the ground up. And it's just so exciting to see. So I hope when you get the Eagles pins put together or whatever you guys do next, please let us know. We'd love to have you back on the show. Awesome. We'll absolutely do that. Yay. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move into our, uh, it's like our one segment or like the one thing we do here, uh, which is our uh, Inside the Pinball Arcade, which is where we get to find out uh, more about you and your pinball mind. Olivia, it's been a while since you've been on the show. So we're just going to have you redo it. Yeah, I'll probably have all different answers. But wait, Lauren. What? Lauren. Oh, oh, I forgot. We have to ask them the important question. Yes. I don't even remember my answers from last time. (laughs) No, but... Do you guys, this sounds really weird. Do you guys like knives? You guys like knives? Sorry, no, y'all. Do y'all like knives? There we go. That's the correct, my correct Texans-isms. Yes, this is important. Do you guys like knives? And we've stumped them. <laughs> I know. really hard to cut food without them, so I'm yeah, going to go I mean, with if yes. we're talking about the cutting implements, they're great. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to know something. Yeah, I'm missing an inside joke here, I think. No, no, no. Our <laughs> sponsor fine. of the show is District Cutlery based out of Washington, D.C. And um, they are amazing. Uh, I just spoke with Derek today. Uh, we're going to have some cool stuff coming th- our way for our listeners. So stay tuned for that. But District Cutlery, again, based in D.C., um, they not only sell knives, all knives from all over the world, like very fancy Japanese knives, like knives where it's not the one where you just throw it in the drawer and it's, you know, all wonky they're fancy um they also uh do a custom sharpening so if you have nice knives that have been in the drawer you know all janky you can ship them to uh district cutlery and they can uh make those knives new again and um they're amazing they do all kind of fun stuff and they love our show and they love our content they're like we like supporting you guys and i was like oh thank you Derek. that's so nice now, if they can figure out how to keep the kids from putting our knives in the dishwasher. Oh, see that? Oh, don't, you don't, put, don't do oh. that. We we tell them. <laughs> well, if you need your knives re refixed or fancied up, I guess, or resharpened after your kids have put them through the dishwasher <laughs> right. 19 times, we know somewhere that you can send them to. Excellent. Yes. Which is District Cutlery in Washington, D.C. Also, half the people there work who work there like really like pinball. So, you know, you're supporting a business that supports us and also the hobby that we all know and love. Yeah. Like he, that was one of the things he's like, I love your show. You know, we, we, we all enjoy it. We also all love pinball. Half the people here play pinball, Um, but they're just absolutely great. And um, again, if you need, if you need knives, if you like knives, if you have fancy knives and you need them taken care of, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, uh, districtcutlery.com. Um, they have all of your knife needs. So yeah, thank you, Rebecca, for reminding me and Olivia and You're Katie. Welcome. Thank you for playing along with us. <laughs> sure. I, I was like, ah, and that's Rebecca's job, like is to remind me that we need to do the spot, even though I just talked to Derek today. And yet I have 21,000 unread emails, <laughs> but I can remember this. <laughs> See, and this and it just comes back to haunt me. So, all right. Now, back to the show. We are going to be talking inside the pinball arcade. Olivia, Katie, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. All right. Here we go. Question number one. And we'll start with you, Olivia. What game do you love? All right. This changes all the time. But lately, I'm really loving uh, Scorpion, which is uh, one that we play at, at Mark's tournament. And part of the reason is I can keep the ball in the upper play field or the upper part of the play field forever. And, and rack up a really for a, for a wide body solid state i can play that a long time and it, and it makes me feel like a better player than i am <laughs> <laughs> all right katie same question uh for me it's been and remains for a while now medusa it's been one of it was one of my grail games for a long time before we finally got our hands on it but i just love what bally did with the uniqueness of it you know the zipper flippers separating the upper play field was super cool and the memory drop targets at the top and the way they did the bonus counters and just so many things about it and were just so unique and some of them still are you know a lot of that stuff no one's done anything quite like it since so i just it's always been a game that really impressed me i love it i love it all right question number two i'll let you do this one rebecca we'll take turns all right you guys what game do you hate and i know hate is a strong word but dislike or would said through a wood chipper is also acceptable. <laughs> or you could also go with is in desperate need of being rethemed because the whole thing is trash garbage. But, you know. So so my answer right now is it's not so much the machine in general. It's just one particular example of this machine. 
and it's at the same place. It's it's still where we play at Mark's tournaments. It's Mark's uh, Elvira House of Horrors because on every other Elvira House or, or is that what is, is that the new the new one House of yeah, Horrors El- yeah House of Horrors yeah yeah yeah. So if I play that anywhere except at Mark's, I I can hit the the skill shot to the back of the house and 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 you know I get high scores and all that kind of stuff at his. The only thing I can find are the outlanes. I can never hit the <laughs> skill shot. If I try to nudge it just a little, it slides eight feet and uh, it, it it moves too far and i always tilt and it it makes me angry and the only time i ever lose is when i'm playing that game that's not really true but that's how it feels <laughs> so 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 i don't i don't hate the game everywhere i just hate that one i like that answer <laughs> i do i, do. I like that answer a lot it's very specific i like it all right katie so mine mine uh, no doubt puts me on an island and i as livia knows i'm not a fan of system 11s in general and it's because of the sound that real twangy MIDI music that they use, the bad synth for the music is just painful. And a lot of the call outs were so tacky. But to me, the number one terrible System 11 that I can't stand is Taxi. Oh, it is so irritating. Oh, I just can't stand to listen to it. Listeners, you need to see Lauren's face. Oh. She is scandalized. Hot take, hot take. I know. And I and I said, I know it puts me on an island. I know. Uh, it, I think but... I could get Katie to like Taxi if I put a pin sound in it. <laughs> Probably. Oh, it would, that <laughs> game could like totally be it an upgrade. It could use a pin sound. Though. It could use a pin sound. It could use um, one. You're not. No, wrong. I totally agree with you. The sound is garbage. I mean, I feel it's, it's a terrific game, but the sound is garbage. It's. I, I don't like hearing it across the arcade. It's <laughs> too. It's irritating. We had one for a couple years. We don't yeah. have it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Gone. It's fine. <laughs> Jordan's favorite game that he is sad he sold was jokers and i would rather uh, put chopsticks through my eardrums than ever have to listen to it again i was really worried you were gonna say bad cats which is like one of my absolute i was like no let it not be bad cats it's at least it's cute i haven't been exposed to it enough to hate it but i might (laughs) yeah i think we've all with the only place we've seen bad cats is at one of the one of the I think it's Blizzard Mountain Pinball in yeah, I think in Colorado. Yeah, when, yeah. when we yeah you know, we played at a flipper frenzy, for, but there's not. I can't think of a Bad Cats on location around here, and we don't have one. So I have one on location, but that's okay. You guys could come to Austin and play it. Ba- bad Cats is safe. Yeah. Bad Cats is safe. Bad Cats is no. I'm never selling Bad Cats ever in my life. <laughs> the good news is I don't think we ended up putting Taxi through a chipper. I I may have blacked it out, but I don't think we did put it through a wood chipper. We traded it towards games of Game of Thrones. There you go. That's right. <gasps> oh, I really like that yeah. answer. I love yeah. Game yeah. of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> In Bex's heart, you upgraded. Yes, so. you did. I mean, they were pretty out there. All right. Question number three. What is your favorite pinball sound? This can be the sound a mech makes. This can be uh, music or a call out. Spoilers. It's not taxi. It's not taxi. <laughs> It's not taxi. All right, so mine's going to be a call out, and it's very specific. It's uh, and it's probably just for the whole smart assery of it. On uh, Star Trek Next Generation, if you start a mode and drain real fast and don't hit any mode shots, Data will come on and start <laughs> saying, you know, hey, yeah, if you if you had hit the ball at the correct trajectory, or and now if you hit the flippers while he's doing that. You get 10 million points and Picard go- jumps in and says, thank you, Mr. Data, you know, to kind of shut him up. So <laughs> that's the one that comes to mind. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the it's pop bumpers. I have always oh. loved the sound of pop bumpers since I was a kid when they get ripping real hard. It's just exciting. 
I, I mean, it's it's a perfect sound. I, I love that. So, yeah, those are both really good. I especially like it on an old EM when it's paired mm. with the dinging sound. Yep. That just, that together, is that's it for me. Yeah, the bells and chimes. Also, I am a trekker, so like, I love your next-gen answer. Totally. Like, <laughs> awesome. I love it so much. All right, Bex, you got the next one. Yep. All right, y'all. What is your favorite pinball art package? Uh, now that can that is everything involved. That is a cabinet. That is a back glass. That is a play field. But you know, if something has like a really nice play field and a crappy cabinet, you can still pick it. Like it's fine. I'm digging our Rush LE right now. That's our first uh, LE from Stern. It's got some real neat effects that they're doing with a sort of gold. I'm not sure what to call it, but the 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 effects that they've kind of worked into the to the art on on the sides and uh, the mirrored back glass is is real nice and. Like I said, you know, six months from now, I might answer this differently, but uh, I'm kind of enamored with that one so far. Yeah, I got to play the Rush Premium at TPF. I got to play with Mike Vinicor, and that thing was nice. Like, I mean, they had some, like, premiums and LEs, and I'm like, oh, I'd only, you know, seen the Pro, and I was like, this is really cool. Some neat features in in those, for sure. Very much so. Yeah, for me, uh, and that comes with a caveat, is the Shadow. But the caveat is it's got to have the alternate translate with the comic book art. Yeah. But I absolutely love the bright Art Deco style on the, the play field. It's crisp. It's clean. It's really classy. And, you know, when you get the metal all decked out with gold and whatever, you know, it just looks fancy. I just love that one. Oh my gosh, the shadow is on my short list, Katie. See, Katie, I feel like even though like you had that taxi <laughs> answer, we're okay. You know, I love the Art Deco look of the shadow. We're, you know, we, we are should, working it we out. We should share a link. We did a we did a restoration of the shadow, and we put a little video on uh, what's that? Vimeo or Vimeo? Vimeo. Or Vimeo. I never remember which one it is. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things we've ever done. <laughs> but it, it's this little video where we where we memorialized all of the parts we took out. In the course of that restoration, all the damaged, broken, beaten up parts, and and, <laughs> and sort of honored them with a very interesting theme music. I won't spoil it, but remind oh, me, and I'll get you yes. the link. It's hilarious, but yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. It was one of those things that we had ourselves so stupid <laughs> laughing as we were making it that we could not wait to to share that out. It was so funny. Oh uh, well, we'll have to put that. Uh, we'll put that link in the show notes, y'all, and uh, maybe we'll have to host that on the website. I love that. I love it. <laughs> All right. Next question: What is your Grail pin? This is the pin that you do not own that is out there in the wild that you want to bring home to your collection. And since you have so many, I mean, I don't know if you your Grails have evolved. You've gotten Grails and then you sold them, and you have new Grails. So, so what is your Grail right now? So I tend to be opportunistic, which makes it hard to answer that question. You know, I, I look for good restoration projects or I look we look for oddball things that just aren't that common. So when people come here, they get to see something they don't see that often. We just picked up a transporter, the rescue, which is a Bally System 11, probably only 900 or so made. And you just don't see them very many places. And it's got a couple odd features and, and things like that. So, you know, it's not the best game ever, but it's quirky and strange. And uh, and uh, that, so we jumped on it. But if I could go pick any ridiculously expensive machine out there and bring it home, I'd probably, Katie would probably disagree with me, but I'd probably get a Big Lebowski, mm. mostly for theme. Yeah, the theme. I mean, you can't go. The, the theme is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of about eight people who just w- wasn't that into that movie. So <laughs> I could <laughs> I could take it or leave it. More likely leave it. But 
Now, for me, Medusa was my big one for a long time, and we finally got that about a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. But now I would say my next in line that I would love to get my hands on someday is an old, uh, is it a Bally, Olivia? Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Volcano? I think that's a Gottlieb. It's Gottlieb, you're right. Yep. Yep, as soon as you said it, I knew. And it's just, I like stuff that's unusual. It had a really unusual, you know, real dark red color to the playfield. It's got an unusual ball lock for the volcano itself up in the corner. It just, I don't know, it, for the moment, that's that's the next one I'd love to get my hands on someday. And that's just a big part of our collection is we have a mix of older and newer games. And a lot of the older that. ones are things we've been able to restore or have some rarity or oddness to them. You know, that's kind of what we go for. Yeah. And I tend to be smitten with solid states. That's definitely where my heart lies. So Find an Andromeda, buy it, and then sell it to me when you're done with it. <laughs> I want one right. so bad. Like, irrationally, irrationally bad. And it's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And then, Lauren, I've got this next one. What is y'all's favorite pinball tournament and or event? I'll let you go first because we... Yeah, it's the same answer, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, for us, it's ZapCon. And it's because it's our backyard. You know, ZapCon is... It's local. We end up bringing a big chunk of our collection to it, both pins and arcades. All our friends are there. I mean, that's just... That's the one for us, no doubt. Yeah, we're probably bringing 30 machines this year. It oh, depends wow. on how, It depends on how much stuff fits in the truck and how many times the truck wants to come. And like, oh, bring as much as we want to load in. That's not upstairs. <laughs> so I would the the second favorite you know, I mean I guess a different favorite is the themed parties that we hold at our house and party we we get a we've got a great pinball community here in Arizona and you know we have so many events now as compared to pre-COVID that you know we we used to regularly have certain tournaments that have 90 and 100 people just like at weeklies um, that doesn't really happen anymore because there's so many different events to choose from. So there's not a lot of times we all get together like we used to. And one of the closest things we get to that, you know, aside from things like ZapCon, would be the the twice a year ones that we're doing um, because uh, you know we we kind of plan it a year in advance. We work with uh, Tracy Lindbergh who keeps a great pinball calendar for Arizona, so we make sure we get Bell's events and nothing else is on that date so we combine those so no one else is going to dare take our dates and uh <laughs> <laughs> we love tracy tracy's amazing yeah and yes. and she comes here and and runs bells uh in the afternoon and we run a three strike at night and uh last one didn't finish until 2 30 in the morning and <laughs> it's it's one of those things that everybody talks about for weeks yeah. you know best night i've had in forever you know and that's it comes back to that showmanship I was talking about earlier. I just love entertaining people and making them feel like they've had a great time and combining that with the pins and our customs and everything. It's just, yeah, it's a fantastic, fun time for us. And, and we we can't play 27 pinball machines at once. So the arcade is happiest with people in it. And and that, that we get we get that, we get it full. And uh, it, it. it is great fun. And we, we love giving, love being able to do that for the community that we're part of. That's amazing. I, I hope my collection is one day big enough to like host like a thing. I only have three right now, but they're like, they're like potato chips. You can't have just yeah, one. That's right. No, and I just, no. side note, I just got a Flash Gordon. So I'm oh, like so nice. excited about it. So lock yourself in a room with that for a month and you'll either go insane or be a much better player. <laughs> uh, it, it needs to get, it needs some repairs first, but I, that's my hope is that I get, become a much better player. So 
lock yourself in a room with <laughs> a soldering iron and a um oh my a multimeter. And again, you'll either be a much better tech or you'll go insane. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, right. It's, get it get a way. Zoom call going to us and you'll end up a much better tech. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Next question. Who or whom would you like to play pinball with the most? This can be a real person. This can be an imaginary person. This can be a person living or dead. Anybody throughout history. Who would you like to play pinball with? That one's easy for me if you want me to. You go ahead. In, Olivia. All right. Uh, for me, it's Scott Denisi. He single-handedly, I think, is the biggest inspiration for me to get into doing custom pins. We saw TNA and it just completely changed what I thought was possible and really encouraged us to jump into that. And, you know, as I've mentioned, I'm not a competitive player by any means. And, and I seem to recall at least once upon a time, he wasn't either, you know, so I could play him and we could both suck together and talk all about the hardware and the machines. And that would be a blast. And uh, mine would be uh, Magneto from the X-Men. So if I could get him to teach me that magnetism trick, I feel like I'd be uh, unstoppable. I love those answers. Those are so great. Ah, oh, they're perfect. I love it. Uh, do you, uh, just a quick question. Do you guys have a TNA? Yes. Yes. Ah, that's a, that's what I want. Like if I'm like, so I have I have a EM, I have a solid state, I have I'm a sorry. DMD. I know. I, I, I'm not even going to address the fact that you sold yours, Rebecca. I wasn't going to bring it up, but <laughs> you bought it up. So she sold it. I don't even know why. I don't know what's wrong with her. Look, we're going to get 2.0. We're going to get 2.0. And Scott said it was okay. We asked Scott's permission before we sold it. And he said it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we just we saw one for sale locally. And I think it's like number 22 or something. I didn't realize it was oh, wow. so early in the run. But yeah, it was a home use only. And yeah, it oh, was a you lucked out. Yeah. decent price. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we jumped on that. Uh, so we've got a Rick and Morty, too. So, yeah, side note, I didn't even talk about the they released the album um, <gasps> North Star Pinball. Yes. Like they released the soundtrack on pink vinyl. We've got one of those coming. Yeah, same here. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm so excited. When is mine coming in the mail? Um, but we'll put a link in the show notes. They do have some available left listeners. If you want uh, that custom pink vinyl, uh, North Star Pinball, in you know, connection with Scott, they put out a limited edition run of the sound and the music from uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation. It's super cool, super exciting. So, And they moved their release party back from like this weekend to May 21st. I did try to see if I could get to Canada, and the answer is I can't get enough time off work. But if y'all want to go to Canada, I know Scott, you know, in May, like, I know Scott's going to be there because he's doing a set, and his sets are amazing. Go to Montreal. It's going to be awesome. Also, he always comes to Houston, so come to Houston, Arcade Expo. I mean, we're not selfish in saying you should come visit us and come play in Houston Arcade (laughs) Expo, but... We definitely need to start traveling a little more, especially if yeah. we can get Dukes at a couple more shows. You know, it'll that be, would be at so uh, awesome. it'll be at ZapCon. You know, it, it's not, you can't check in a pinball machine as luggage, so you gotta drive. So that's the that's the challenge. Yeah. So well, maybe you guys can make the next TPF. Like Texas is close, or Houston. We've been thinking about bringing our stuff to TPF for a while. That's been on the radar, and we definitely want to do that at some point. Texas is uh, west close. Uh, close in the west is not close. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still clo- twelve it's hours close. or so. Probably, I, I, you know, in college, I, I did a trip from Tucson to uh, Cupertino and and went to a conference and then came back and had the rental car back for in a, the two day period. That's never going to happen again in my life because I'm <laughs> not twenty years old anymore. 
but yes, we we do we do want to get to get get some of the customs out to more shows. Oh, that'd be so awesome! All right, ladies and Rebecca, you've got the final question. All right, last question: What is your dream theme? The machine that does not exist yet that you want to exist, or if you can't share it with us because you're homebrewing it and you don't want somebody to steal it, you know, second dream theme is acceptable too. I'll let you go first, Katie. Yeah, I'll go first. It this is the one that I either want to see made or make it myself, but. If somebody else makes it with a company and can get licensing and whatever, you know, I think it would go a lot farther. But we thought of this a few years ago and have just been in love with the idea ever since. We love the comedy pins, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <gasps> yes. It's definitely an idea we've been kicking around. Do we do we want to talk about the other idea we've been kicking around or we want to hold that one back? Uh, the one that's not an IP? Yes. Let's keep that one. Okay. Quiet. Ah, yeah. see, we got to keep a close hold. Can't get it out That's there. Right. Yeah, we have yep. some really interesting ideas for that one, but we've got to yeah. make some of them work before we talk too much about them. But I will say this one just got made. I'm kind of happy it did. Is there's finally a, you know, with all the rock pins out there, there's finally a Weird Al Yankovic pin. <gasps> and it's amazing. <laughs> I've not gotten to play it, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to. We had, unfortunately, we added a lot to our collection lately so we weren't really in on the uh on the initial release of that but i do want to get a chance to see i hear it takes a year to get one now anyway so we got plenty of time to or you can just come visit yes we do we definitely want to have one downstairs oh that is that is awesome yeah we 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 got the one that i got to film the sizzle reel on and we brought it home from tpf and by we brought it home i mean multimorphic drove it back because we were full of other pins and it's wonderful, and it's amazing, and I think you guys are going to love it. And you should come visit. Yeah, definitely. I love it You so can much. play a Bad Cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ladies, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, we're going to, we have a lot of links to, to share. Uh, we will put those listeners in the show notes. And Olivia, Katie, if somebody wants to find out more about what y'all are doing, what you're up to next, um, what's a great place for them to go to? So we'll make sure we get to the link, but it's uh, facebook.com slash Outpost Cordelia, which is K-O-D-E-L-I-A. Perfect. That's where we kind of post everything we're working on. And then the all the Rush stuff that, that we've done is uh, on Pinside, if you look under the Ninja Camp store, is, is where you'd find that. With more coming. <laughs> more coming. Yeah. You guys are not going to stop. I, it, nope. And again, we love that, you know, there are women active in the homebrew community and you guys are creators and makers and designers. And that's what we want to highlight here on the show. Rebecca and I are really passionate about it. So Duke to Hazard was amazing. I can't wait to see the Eagles and whatever else you guys produce next. Uh, y'all are just super awesome. And thank, thank you so much for all of the wonderful things you give to our community. Oh, thank you for having us. This is, uh, we love being part of this community. So I absolutely love it. That uh, all brings us joy. Yay. Awesome. Well, Rebecca, yeah, another show. So exciting. I love it. So exciting. I know. I'm so exciting. I feel like we've gotten to do some really fun ones with women who work in pinball and women who are making homebrews. And so... I am I am excited to get to do all the things. We are doing all the things, and it's so much fun. Again, listeners, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support. If you really like the show so much, we have Patreon. You can go uh, support us on Patreon. We're going to be changing and making some updates to Patreon. It's going to be real cool. We got new swag on the way. Um, got, you know, the knife stuff. Like, there... 
there is a lot of stuff going on right now. And if you can beat more than how many emails was it? 204,913 emails. First of all, you're a monster. I love you, but you're a monster. Um, but <laughs> if you can beat that, send me a, a photo and just know that it will make me cry on, you know, on the inside. Or if you have no emails, if you have an empty email inbox you know, wait, and you committed email bankruptcy, tell, tell Lauren. That'll bring me joy. So she can, she can, you know, sleep at night. I can. I, I I went out and cleaned both my email boxes today just just because I was just like hurting on the inside. But uh, listeners, thank you so much. Uh, lots more content on the way. Uh, thank you for your support. If you want to find out about all the stuff that we do or if you want to email us and tell us like um, about your uh, email journey, whatever. Uh, backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com. Website backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thank you so much to our guests, Olivia and Katie Helm. Um, y'all are amazing. But everyone, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and keep flipping. Bye! Bye! Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To receive updates and the latest episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep flipping. <laughs>